You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Professor Douglas Allard's 22-minute, 17-second armchair audio theatre company presents Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Abridged Too Far by me. Professor Douglas Allard, GCSE English, B-Star, Retake. Great Expectations is a fascinating book. Vibrant, shocking, exhilarating, and yet, at the same time, rather long and wordy. A bit like the man who wrote it. Charles Dickens was 5 feet 8 inches tall, and in his life he wrote 3,859,231 words. Probably more if you count crossings out. And 186,339 of these words he put into a novel he called Great Expectations. Now all those words take a long time to read. Which is why maybe it has been filmed a countless number of uh, eight times, adapted for television anywhere between five and seven times, and has been done on stage more times than you could imagine if you have an imagination that can't envisage the number nine. But even sitting through all of the films, television shows and plays takes 3,962 minutes, which is roughly 66 hours or two and three quarter days. And this is why my 22-minute and 17-second classic armchair audio theatre company is about to bring great expectations to you in all its eccentrically convoluted glory in just 22 minutes and 17 seconds. All you have to do is download, sit back, and listen. Uh, Right, the book opens with a young orphan called Philip Pirrip who for some reason or other can't pronounce his own name, sitting in a graveyard in the Kent marshes looking at the gravestones of his parents. When suddenly... Whoa! <laughs> Who is you, boy? Uh, I can't pronounce my name, so I call myself Pip. Right, well, you young pup. Pip. Where does you live? With my fierce, true-like sister and her gently simple husband, Joe Gargery, the local blacksmith. Them sounds like a right weirdly odd match couple. Oh, they probably are, but I'm too young to think about such matters. Right! Will you get yourself home and steal me some victuals and a blacksmith's file so I can cut off this convict's shackle on my ankle? Uh, very well. Get going! 
I'll see you back here tomorrow. So, having set the scene in a surprisingly brief 1,826 words, Pip hurries back to the home of his ill-matched sister and brother-in-law. Child? Sister? Ow! Why, fool! Oh! And there's more where that came from, you two. Now, I've just made a pie. It's in the pantry. Make sure you don't touch it. Understand? Yes. Ow! Ooh! And 3,936 words of domestic abuse later, Pip is back on the marshes. Has you got the food, Pop? Pip, yes. And the file. Good. Gotcha! In the name of Her Majesty Queen Victoria. Bugger. Are you alright, boy? Yes. Who was he? One of two escaped convicts have been recaptured and will now be sent to Australia. There were two convicts? Yes, although I doubt that is an important detail and they will probably never be heard of again. Although you never know. Now, off home with you. I'm home. Come in, boy. Your snobbish Uncle Pumblechook is here. Is he really my uncle? Ow! Yes. Ah, here is the ungrateful wretched boy. May I, Mom? Be my guest, Uncle Pumblechook. Ow! Now, boy, it is time for you to stop being wretched and ungrateful and become grateful and... Unwretched? Ow! Exactly. Well said, boy, for Miss Havisham, the immensely rich and grim old lady who lives in the large and dismal house uptown, wants a boy to go and play there. So come on, boy, say your goodbyes. Goodbye. Ow! God bless you, Pip, old chap. Ow! Yes? This is Pip. Come in, Pip. Go away, Pumblechip. Oh, is it Estella? The boy come to play. Hello. Bring him in and let me watch you taunt him. Very well, boy. What coarse hands you have and thick boots. God, you're so common and stupid and you smell and clothes are shabby and you don't have nice manners and you've got dirty fingernails and you don't play the piano and you look like you want to cry like a big, ugly, stupid, common crybaby idiot boy. God, well, that's cheered me up no end. Right, boy, you can go home now. See you again next week. Joe! Mrs. Joe! I've decided I want to better myself and become a gentleman. Good for you, Pip, old chap. And now, 9,705 words and time has passed. You're grown tall, Pip. Yes, Miss Havisham. Time has passed and... Don't talk to me of time. Time stopped for me at 20 minutes to nine on my wedding day when I was jilted by the only man I ever loved, which is why I stopped all the clocks, have never left the house, still wear my decaying wedding dress covered in cobwebs and have a 20-year-old wedding cake rotting on the dinner table. Yes, I have wondered about all that. Do you want a slice? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Now, tell me the name of this common blacksmith you are to be apprenticed to. Joe Gargery, Mum. Right. Well, you'd best be off and be a common blacksmith, then. Estella, we'll see you out. Come along, boy. Am I pretty? Yes, I think you're very pretty. You may kiss me. And am I insulting? Not as much as before. How about now? Uh, I'm sort of used to being slapped. (laughs) Oh, Pip, old chap. Is there anything what we finer in all the whole wide world and all and everything than being a common blacksmith and hitting bits of metal with a hammer and all? Oh, my dear Joe, if only you knew how discontented I am with this dirty common life as a common blacksmith. 
Now, nah, now, nah, Master Joe, no favourites, I say. If young Pip here can be discontented, well then I say old Orlick, your other more graceless and slouchy apprentice, should be allowed to be discontented and all. Well, now, I say that if old Orlick, even if he be only five and twenty, wants to be discontented and all and everything, it may not be for me to come and stand in his way and all and everything. What? You fool! Oh, and everything. Who are you, Joe Gargery, to be allowing every matinated dim widow to be having discontented feelings above their station? You're a foul shrew, Mother Gargery. <gasps> what did you say to me? <gasps> oh, now see what you've been gone done all and everything. Let's all up quick and go away to the Jolly Bargeman before she comes to right wakens up and all and everything. Cheese! Joe Gargery, come quick. There's something wrong at the forge. What is it? Your wife, Mrs. Joe, has been viciously attacked. Hit over the head with a filed off convict shackle. Is she dead? No, but I dare say she won't never recover her speech. And so we'll never discover what really happened. I think it was old Orlick who did it. But I'm sitting here right next to you. Oh yes, you have an alibi, so it couldn't have been you. It's like an unresolved mystery that's never going to be explained in this story. Right, and all and everything. So what we'll do now? I am Biddy. I am plain and good-hearted and following the mysterious attack on Mrs. Joe. Which we ain't not never going to get proper explained and everything. I will care for her and be a general blessing to the household and encourage Master Pip in his endeavours to become a gentleman, even if I do secretly disapprove of his motive. Ah, dear sweet-natured but plain Biddy, I think if I could find it possible to fall in love with you, I would. But, of course, you're not as pretty or as insulting as Estella. Mind old Orlick quite fancies you. Watch yourself, old Orlick. I don't approve. Pah. Right, boys. Let's get ourselves back to us being common blacksmiths and all and everything. But wait, you are Joe Gargery? I am, and all and everything. And this is your apprentice, Pip? That's me. Then my name is Jaggers. It is my name and what I am called. And I am a lawyer. Nothing more, nothing less. And I've been sent here to tell Master Pip that he has great expectations. Thanks to a mysterious benefactor, whose identity is a profound secret, and insists that you are most positively prohibited from making any inquiry, allusion, or reference to... Is it Miss Havisham? Did you hear what I just said? Yes, but it is, isn't it? I shall not be drawn on this or any subject pertaining to it. Now, Mr. Pip, here is twenty guineas. Get yourself attired like a gentleman, and I shall see you in London. Good day. Believe it or not... That last bit took Charles Dickens 18,670 words. I know a lot happened, but still. Anyway, after a journey lasting a mere 99 words, Pip arrives in London. Is Mr Jaggers here? Good Lucy Lummy, no, my good fine young sir. Mr. Jaggers is in court being brilliant. I am Mr. Wemmick. Uh, mister? Yes, mister. I'm his eccentric clerk who lives in a pretend castle with his mad, aged parents, don't you know? No, I I didn't know that. Mr Jaggers left word that you are to go up to lodge at the house of your new tutor, Mr Matthew Pocket. Right. I'll go and do that then. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops, come in! Mr. Pip, 
Hello, Mr. Pocket. Flopson, catch the baby! Too late, Mum. Whoops! Yes, welcome to my humble abode. Whoops! Mind the footstool? Too late, Mum. Whoops! Please, take a seat. Not on the baby! Too late, Mum. Whoops! Hello, I'm Herbert. Uh, Herbert? Herbert Pocket. Your name is Pip, but I'm going to call you Handel. Why? It's a sort of amiably madcap thing we do. You've just met the family, haven't you? Yes. Well, handle old thing, you and I are going to become great young rakes about town friends and join clubs and get into scrapes and debts and I'll tell you all sorts of background things. Why? It saves time. <laughs> For example, my father Matthew Pocket is Miss Havisham's cousin, which is how Jaggers the lawyer knows him because he, Jaggers, is Miss Havisham's man of business and solicitor. Aha! I knew it! Yes, but even though you will, you shouldn't jump to any conclusions. Anything else? Loads! Such as Miss Havisham had a half-brother, whose name I know, but I won't tell you yet, who was a dissolute bad sort, and introduced her to another dissolute bad sort called Compasson. Compasson? Yes, Compasson, who she fell in love with and who jilted her on her wedding day. At twenty to nine? Precisely! And what happened to him? I don't know! <laughs> He's probably dead and won't ever figure again in this story, but you never know. Anyway, Miss Havisham took this jolting rather badly. Yes, I sort of gathered that. And so she's adopted Estella and is raising her to wreak revenge on all the male sex. Gosh, is that everything? For the moment. Let's meet your fellow students. Hello, my name is Startop and I'm a jolly nice chap. Oh, who... shut up. I'm Drummle. Bentley Drummle. How do? I'm Pip. Who cares? I don't. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was Wemmick, Mr. Jagger's clerk. He's got a cannon at his house, which he fires every night for the amusement of his aged parent. Why on earth does he do that? Don't ask. Mentalist. Oh, look, Handel. There's a big funny-looking common chap here to see you. Pip. Oh, chap. Dear Pip, what locks, eh? What locks? Y yes uh... Joe. Joe! <laughs> what brings you here? Well, Pip, old chap, and all and everything, right enough, and what it is, and what not, what, Joe. and all and everything, Joe. and he, you being a gentleman, and, <laughs> and all and everything, Joe. and, and, and what larks, eh, and all... What? Why are you here? Miss Havisham says Estella's come home and wants to see you. Why didn't you say? Oh, right. Bye. <laughs> Oh, it's you. Orlick? Old Orlick, yeah. I's working for Miss Havisham now. What do you want? I am here to see your mistress. Right. Tell the mad old trout you're here. Pip! Come in, Pip. You remember Estella? Oh, yes, rather. I don't remember you. Pip used to be common. Oh, him. Uh, why don't you take a walk in the garden together? With him? Just go. But Pip... Miss Havisham? Is she more beautiful than before? Oh, yes. She is lovely. Hear me, Pip. I adopted her to be loved. I bred her and educated her to be loved. I developed her into what she is, that she might be loved. I'm getting the idea. So love her, Pip. Love her. I will. I do, Miss Havisham. Excellent. Now go to her. Right. But before I do, I must warn you about your new gatekeeper, Old Orlick. What about him? Firstly, he's not that old. And second, he's a wrong sort. I don't approve of him. Right. 
In that case, I'll let him go. Oh, Estella. I don't have the words to say how wonderful it is to see you again. Why? Are you simple? No. I'm a gentleman. Look, Pip, or whatever you're called, I must warn you that I have no heart. Are you ill? Do you need a surgeon? No, I'm not being literal, you idiot. I mean, I have no softness, sympathy or sentiment in me. I'm sure that's not true. It is. I'm a real nasty piece of work. No, no, no. I'm horrible. I refuse to believe it. Very well. Have it your own way. I think Miss Havisham has great plans for our future happiness together. God, you're such an idiot. Missing you already. Now this time, for some reason, Pip's journey to London takes 1,022 words. I don't know, maybe there were roadworks? But anyway, he finally arrives back. Herbert, I have news. I love, I adore Estella. And I believe that Miss Havisham has set me up as a gentleman in order that I may marry her. That's wonderful, Handel. Did Miss Havisham tell you this? No. Mr. Jagger? No. Estella herself? No. Well, if you believe it, Handel, then I say it must be true. That's what I thought. I'm so happy. Oh, and this letter just came for you. Dear Pip, I am coming to London, and Miss Havisham requests you to visit me in Richmond. Who's it from? Uh, oh. Bye. Estella, I came as soon as I got your... Oh. What are you doing here? What is he doing here? Mr. Drummle is a very dear close friend of mine. Yeah, see? So, Yabu sucks to you. But... Estella. What? This man is an infamous, deficient, ill-tempered, lowing, stupid bore who is shunned by all polite society. Well, I like him. Right. See? I saw her first, so buzz off. So Pip buzzes off. I mean, he's heartbroken, he's really upset, but at least he's secure in the knowledge that the worst thing that could happen to him has happened and nothing else bad is going to happen. Surely, is it? Hello? Is there someone there? Yes, and I'm looking for Mr. Pip. That is my name. But pray, what is your business? Ah, oh, let me be a looking at you a moment. Wait, I know you. You're that horrible old scary convict from the graveyard when I was a boy. At your service, young master. Abel Magwitch. Back from Australia. But the soldiers with a convincing regional accent said you'd probably never be heard of again in this story. Well, what does they know? Because I am back. Back to look upon the young gentleman what I have made. Now, wait a minute. Yes, Pip, me boy, it is I, me, Abel Magwitch, what is the benefactor who be behind your great expectoration. You are joking, right? No, it be no joke. And now I've a risk death to come back to see what a fine and noble young man you is, what I have made, Mr. Pip. Oh, fuck. And now. As the densely plotted story arc reaches an almost unimaginably dramatic peak. It's time for a word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place 
for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Abridged Too Far, Great Expectations. Now, if you recall, Pip has just learned the terrible truth of his benefactor's identity and so has summoned his best friend, Herbert Pocket, to share the news. Handel, my dear chap. You wanted to see me, but why the long face? Oh, Herbert, my life is ruined and my fortunes are undone. For I had always thought that my mysterious benefactor was an embittered mad old hermit with a sociopathic hatred of the world. But now I have discovered it's not her at all, but a common criminal. Exactly. And where is he now? Hiding in the cupboard. If he's found back in England, he'll be put to death. Well, let's have him out and hear his story. Do we have to? It might be significant. I doubt it. You never can tell. (laughs) So, my scruffy friend, what is your story? Well, to put plain, posh young master, sir, I was a bad wrong'un from back when I were a nipper. But I were ne'er so wrong as when I fell in with a world-to-do lardida by the name of Compison. Compison? Yeah, Compison. That was the name of the man who jilted Miss Havisham. At 20 minutes to nine. That's the chap. You said he was dead and we'd never hear from him again. I said probably. Yeah, well, that were bad enough. But when our own dark doings was found out, the magistrate, he gave this Compison mercy and jail. But me... I was transported off to Australia, where I made riches for my young master Pip. For he were the only one what showed kindness yep. to me. Yes, and yes, I yes, never yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you. Back in the cupboard now. So, Herbert, you see I am ruined and I am going to have to go and join the army and live in India. Or somewhere. Or maybe you could just stay here and keep taking the money. No, because also my heart is broken over Estella. You mean Mrs. Bentley Drummle? What? Oh, she's married? Yes, didn't you know? Sorry. Well, that's it. I'm going off to India or somewhere. Very well, Handel, old chap. But what are you going to do with the convicts in the cupboard? Hide him. Can you take the cupboard down to your sweetheart's house in Greenwich? I have to go and take an aimless walk about town. Righty-ho! Ah, Master Pip. Mr. Jaggers, what a chance encounter. Indeed. If one were a hard-bitten, cynical man, such as I am, one might think there was a lot of them happening in this tale. I know, and I've had enough of them. Which is why I'm leaving for India or somewhere. Well, before you go to India or somewhere, make sure you pay a final visit to Miss Havisham. Do you think I should? Yes, it might be important. Oh, and by the way, did I ever mention, in passing, my peculiar servant woman, who, when she was a wild gypsy girl, I saved from the gallows? Uh, you might have. Well, it's just she had a baby daughter. It's probably not important, but I thought I'd mention it, in passing. Good day, Pip, and good luck in India, or somewhere. Goodbye, Mr. Jaggers. Taxi! I'm going to let you guess just how many words Dickens expects you to plough through to get all that exposition out of the way. Give up? 15,225 words. Unbelievable. But finally, again, Pip goes back to see Miss Havisham one last time. Again. Is that you, Pip? It is I, Miss Havisham. I am a terrible woman, Pip. 
You shouldn't say that. But it's true. I know it is, but you shouldn't be so explicit. But I am not as terrible as my adopted Estella. But I love her. I know you do, Pip. But she is a real nasty piece of work. Just as I made her to be from the moment Jaggers brought her to me. Sorry. Mr. Jaggers brought her to you? Yes. She was the child of some wild gypsy girl client of his. Why didn't you tell me this before? I didn't think it was very important. Do try and forgive me, Pip. And before you go to India or somewhere, can you guess what has white hair, wears an old wedding dress, stands too close to the fire and goes woof? I don't know, Miss Havisham. What does have white hair, wears an old wedding dress, stands too close to the fire and goes woof? Oh, my hands. Um, I'm going to stand here and watch. Um, I'm sorry, I wish I could, but it's just so hot. Um, Poor old Miss H. Was she very put out? Eventually, she went up like a bonfire. Well, she was very dry. Anyway, Herbert, what have you been up to? Keeping the cupboard comic company. He was telling more about his life and how he once had a sweetheart who had a baby. Baby? Yes, a girl. Girl? Yes, a baby girl. But the sweetheart was a wild gypsy girl who went bad and the baby was taken by... Jaggers! That's right! Why didn't he tell me this before? It wasn't like he didn't have enough words. He said he didn't think it was important. We've got to save him now. Why? Because Magwitch is Estella's father! Blimey, what were the chances of that, eh? But look, a letter has just been slid under the door for you. I have information about the convict Abel Magwitch. Come to the sluice house on the old marshes of your childhood to learn more. Come alone, tell no one, and come at once. Once. Do you think it's anything important? Oh, I don't know, but I'd better go. As you think, Handelow chap. Is anyone there? <laughs> now I ask you. Old Orlick. Aye, tis old Orlick who you have thwarted and made a mortal enemy of, and who is now going to do for you like he did for your shrew sister. That was you? But I thought you had an alibi. Don't argue! If old Orlick says he did it, then I did it. But why? Because I hate you, and I've been stalking you obsessively, which is how I knows all about Abel Magwitch and everything. You haven't told anyone, have you? I've done. But now, prepare to- Take that, Orlick! <coughs> Who isn't very old? Herbert! You saved me! Yes! I thought I'd follow you down here to this sinister rendezvous! Lucky you did! Now come on, let's get Magwitch! The convict! And Estella's father! To New safety! safety. Any sign of him, Pip? Yes, I see him. Pull the boat around. Dear boy, is that you? Yes. You can come out of the cupboard now. Oh, God bless you, dear boy. Right, Herbert. Let's go. Nothing can go wrong now. <laughs> Stop! We have been told by an old young man that you have a returned convict called Magwitch with you, and I am here with these officers to arrest him. Damn! 
Tis that swine, Compasson. Compasson? The scoundrel who jilted Miss Havisham at 20 minutes to nine. Yes! <sighs> That's me. Now, Magwitch, are you coming quietly? Wherever I go, you're a coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> Pip, dear boy. The judge, he gave me death for a coming back, and another death for drowning that swine Compasson. Compasson? Compasson? The man who jilted Miss Havisham at 20 minutes to nine. Oh, dear Magwitch. But it were worth it, for to see you made rich and a gentleman? Yes, about that. The Crown's confiscated all of your money, and so I'm poor again. Oh, bugger. So it were all for nothing? No, no. Because you remember you had a daughter? With my wild gypsy gal? Yes. Well, she survived and found powerful friends and is now a rich society lady and I love her. Really? Yes. Really. Well, what was the odds on that then? <laughs> oh. Oh, he's dead. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I hope it wasn't the shock that killed him. <laughs> uh, no. And that's it. I mean, there are some other bits and bobs and loose ends which Charles Dickens ties up in a mere 14,485 words. Uh, but basically, when it gets married, uh, Herbert makes his fortune because Pip had secretly given him money. Uh, Pip decides to marry Biddy, but she's already married to Joe Gargery, and so he does go away but not to India, or somewhere, but to somewhere else. And then when he comes back, he meets Estella in the ruined garden of Miss Havisham's house and decides he's probably going to marry her, but he might not. Even after 186,339 words, we'll never know. Great Expectations by Charles Dickens was abridged too far by me, Professor Douglas Allard, with some help from David Spicer. The voices you heard were Julian Ball, Joanna Brooks, Charlotte McBurney, David Menkin, Caroline Rogers, and Ben Starr. The audio production was by John Schwab. It was directed by John Schwab and David Spicer, and was a Broadway Podcast Network production. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.